Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Here we are. (laughs) Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to a magical, amazing episode of Wisdom Wednesday. I am your special host today. This is Tessa Tovar standing in for the amazing, fabulous Rosie Acosta, who is just a busy bee these days. She is so busy. But I am so excited to chat with our guest, Margot Kellison Lightburn. She is, as you loyal listeners know, a repeat return guest and a dear friend of Rosie's. And so I get the pleasure of chatting with you, Margot. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That is a very kind intro. And yeah, it just feels really good to be back here. I was just about to say to you before we started recording that the first time I recorded with Rosie was um, in her old place in uh, just like outside of Hollywood. Like, um, oh, so it was in yes. real life, which feels like so weird to say now because we were just sitting across from each other drinking tea. Chewy Aww. was snoring. Oh, Chewy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it feels very fond. Yeah, it feels fond and, um, and it feels good to be back here. So thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. Well, Margot, you are so many things. Um, I know from your background that you are a singer, you know, oh. by, uh, by so training. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, a yogi, a prolific yogi. And you have your own podcast, the Lightburn podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is, is it on a hiatus? What's going on with that? It's been on a hiatus. I think so. Okay. So this is a great jump off point because I reached out to Rosie years ago when she was still living in Portland and she was traveling back and forth from LA quite a bit. And, um, I reached out to her to, you know, just gain some insight on the podcast world. And it's really funny because, this is pre the book. It's pre a lot of the things that she has been like exploding with, especially the podcast in like these past few years. Right. And it's a funny point because I, and I wanted to talk about it and I felt like it would be interesting for the listeners, like yoga people, you know, wellness people, because I was so nervous to reach out to Rosie to be like, Hey, how do I do this? Mm. You know? And I think it was a, it's like kind of twofold because one of it, one of the aspects of it was the yoga industry is really quite competitive Mm -hmm. and it's humbling to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I want to do what you're doing and not feel like a poser. Right. Mm -hmm. And not feel like, God, I'm supposed to have it all figured out already. And here I am reaching out to another teacher going, how do you do what you're doing? And then I want to tie this so beautifully to Rosie's book because I literally finished it yesterday. 
You did? Oh, I did, yeah. I and I just want to like applause, 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 if anybody knows a Pretty in Pink reference. Um, <laughs> because what she said is like, find your people who have a flashlight that's a little brighter than yours. Mm. In the book, it's like a quote from what she said, like, find your people that have a flashlight that's like a little brighter than yours so that you can go on that path. And that's really how I connected with Rosie because we were both teaching at Yoga Pearl. I knew that she was doing amazing things. I remember a specific, very humbling moment where I was in the office with um, Karen Pride and Beth, the manager of Yoga Pearl, and they were talking about Rosie and how she's going to blow up. And it must have been like all over my face that I was like, like she's going to blow up because Karen, who is a dear friend of mine, was like, did you know Margo's working on a book too? And I was like, oh, that was embarrassing. Like it must've been like, I had no poker face. I don't know if this is making sense, but I was very <laughs> envious of what Rosie was doing. Mm -hmm. And instead of standing in my envy and being like, how do I do some of the things that she's doing? I just reached out and was like, Hey, girl, like, how do you do this? And she was so generous. And I, I joked about this before, and then I'm going to wrap this little conversation up, but she was like, Margo, start a podcast. And she was like, you could call it radically loved with Margo. I do not care. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God, I love you so much. And so I did start my podcast and this is the long, long answer, but podcasting is a lot of work. And when I started the light burn, it was, we didn't have things like anchor and some of these production companies that like are now sort of putting it all together. Mm -hmm. And I have told a lot of people like, oof, it is a commitment. So I truly like ha hats off. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> See you guys for keeping this up because it's it's real. It's not a part-time job. It's like a full-time job. Oh, for sure. Yes. So Amen. I look Sister. forward to bringing mine back. And I do think that this conversation is a little bit of a, it's been an inspiration to bring it back. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm so happy to hear that, Margo. And yes, I echo your sentiments. Rosie is such a generous, kind helpful soul. She just wants everyone to succeed. Yeah. I love that you were able to acknowledge your envy and stand in your truth of that and also humble yourself enough to reach out and be like, I want to do this. How do I do this? Where do I start? Yeah. That's so, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's really the work, right? Like when we think about being yoga teachers, being actualized beings or, mm -hmm. um, walking the talk, that's exactly mm -hmm. it. That's exactly what I think it is. It, it doesn't mean like that we're not going to have these feelings of envy or pain or suffering. It means we're going to stand in it, acknowledge it, and learn how to use that to fuel the fire, right? Yeah. And, and the connection point. Well, it's actually funny because there's no coincidences because um, I was just about to say there's nothing worse than trying to ignore an audio issue when you're on a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and I speak from experience with this because when I interviewed Mark Nepo, which was what I was going to talk about in the connection piece, <laughs> um, when I interviewed Mark Nepo for my podcast, um, and this is so long ago now, 
he had um, AirPods that had a microphone and he had a zipper like mock sort of Henley on and the mic kept hitting the zipper. And so I never got to drop the podcast because it was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and trying to be cool. I ignored it like the whole time. I think I might've said, oh, I think your mic is hitting, but then it still just persisted. And so I never dropped this beautiful podcast that I have with Mark Nepo. But what I was going to say that was going to be so prolific was that like it's the getting out of your own way and expanding in the way that we all cross pollinate with each other. And so when I remember I was on a walk in Portland and I was listening to you and Rosie on the podcast, and I think you brought up a reading from the Book of Awakening Mm -hmm on this one particular podcast. And I thought I should introduce Mark and Rosie. And I have a, like a long story about Mark that I can, you know, definitely chat about in in a second, but I just popped into Rosie's DMs and was like, Hey, I just heard Tessa mention Mark Nepo. Would you like me to facilitate an introduction? And she was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) So Then, and it's really funny because Mark in the Book of Awakening is like one of those things that it's like when somebody likes your favorite band and you're like, you can't like my favorite band as much as I like my favorite band. (laughs) I love this analogy. Yes, continue. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Where you're just like... Yes. Like, I remember I loved Dave Matthews Band back in the day. You guys cut me some slack. I'm 48. It was like right in my wheelhouse of college. And I was just like, and then Dave Matthews Band got like really popular. And I just was like, no, everybody can't love Dave as much as I love Dave. (laughs) And I felt very similarly with Mark Nepo, Mm -hmm. which I had to get over very quickly because um, I used to read from the Book of Awakening in my classes all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I lived in Chicago, I had a yoga studio that was located across from Harpo Studios. And I had like tons of Oprah Harpo producers that would come to my class. And I didn't know it at the time. And some people who already follow me, I'm sure know this story. But one of my students was Oprah's personal assistant. Her name is Peer. And so Peer came up to me after class one day and said, you know, what is that book that you always read from? And I wrote it down like I had done a thousand times before. And I had thought multiple times, like I should write him a letter. I should write this author a letter, just thinking that I should make the connection. And so what ended up happening was Peer gave the book of awakening as a gift to Oprah for her birthday. And then she made it one of her favorite things. And that's how Mark became, I mean, he's always been Mark Nepo, but that's how he became a a bestseller. And yeah, it's a wild, wild story. And so he asked the Oprah, he asked the producers and said, Hey, how did you even come across the book? Because it had been published like 13 years prior. Uh And then Oprah said, well, my assistant gave it to me as a gift and she found it through her yoga teacher. And then they called me to be on the Sirius radio station with them. So I got to talk to Mark for the first time and Oprah at the same time. And this is, I think, 2011. 
And my son was two. I had no quiet space to be. I literally took the call from my car in the parking lot. And Oprah's like, Margo, it's a full circle moment, like in the best (laughs) Oprah voice ever. Yeah. And so then when I, when I introduced Mark and Rosie and then finishing the book and hearing her reference some of the readings and reference him, I just was like, oh, oh, it's, and then I was like, it's a full circle moment in a Margo voice. (laughs) Wow. That is incredible, Margo. I had I love this connection. I mean, see, it just goes to show that you never know who is like if you're a yoga teacher in your class and you never know if you're putting something out there in the world as a creative person when it will really like come into its own, you know, and grow those wings and and take off. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's the tie-in that I'm trying to like bring us back to is that would never have come from any place less than generosity and sharing. Exactly. Exactly. None of that would ever happen for anybody. Mm -hmm. If you don't come from that place of service where it's like, how can I connect Mark, who is this amazing thought leader to Rosie, who is this young, vibrant, like, I want to say like, cool, you know, Um, like she has a, you know, I mean, I love Mark, but cool is not... (laughs) (laughs) cool is not the word that comes to mind he would laugh his ass off at me saying that so I don't feel bad saying that at all but like how do I how do you make this connection between generations and types of work like one of the things about Rosie's book that I love so much is it's so accessible it's so simple and I don't mean that in like the like zero shade on its simplicity that is what we need right now we need like direct do this then do this this is a story about how this you know changed my life and here's my suggestion at the end of the chapter and here's like real tools like real valuable tools that you can you know, I mean, I listened to part of it too, because I'm an on the go person. Mm -hmm. And when she would get to the end of the chapters with some of the directives at the end of the chapter, I was like, Oh, pause. I want to get home. I want to get to where I can write this down. I want to have, I want to have a moment with it. And I just feel like that's so much what people need right now. You know, there's just too much noise. Quite frankly, I feel like we want to be told what to do a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. Maybe I'm alone. No, I 100% agree with you. Like, I find that decision fatigue is a real thing. I feel exhausted by, um, I think, like too many options, right? Mm -hmm. So simplifying something, distilling it down, and having somebody else tell me what to do allows my brain to turn off a little bit so I can tap into that place where the soul speaks a little bit quieter, right? Or you can listen a little bit more with ease, I guess I would say. Completely, completely. Gosh, I just love this story. So you mentioned Yoga Pearl, and that's in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And now you've you've moved over to Kansas, right? <laughs> Yeehaw. Here's it. And what's I think it was like in my destiny somewhere because I bought this hat years ago and now I just feel like I'm living the Kansas life. You're prepared. <laughs> so for those of you listening, if you want to check out Margot's amazing hat and her, <laughs> like the whole ensemble rad outfit, check out the YouTube video of this uh, particular <laughs> episode. 
Well, like I said in the beginning, it was an excuse to actually get dressed for something. It was like your instructors were like, come camera ready. And I was like, okay, I can put on jewelry. I can put on a hat. I can put on something, you know, so. hundred percent. Yes. I love that. Well, and so I want to hear about what life is like right now. So you went, I mean, we all kind of went from teaching in studios as yoga teachers and practitioners to practicing from home. And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your entire teaching platform is now online. Yeah. So my whole platform is online. And what's wild about it is that I had been teaching online since 2015 because when I moved from Chicago, which is where I had my own yoga studio and it was in Har- in the West Loop of Chicago, like that's where Harpo Studios was and everything. When I moved from Chicago to Portland, I had a lot of private clients that I worked with at the time that were you know, super sad that I was leaving. You, you get so connected to your teacher in that way. And some of these people I saw two times a week, not just in group classes, but like privately a couple times a week. And so um, I experienced this also when I moved away from Portland the first time where you don't realize how um, as a teacher, I, I think people, I didn't realize, I shouldn't speak for other people, but I didn't realize how a part of your week and how reliant students even become on you. Mm-hmm. And so when I was moving from Chicago to Portland, I said to a couple of my clients, I was like, what if we try FaceTime yoga? And it just was sort of, it was almost an off the cuff, which is largely how I've kind of moved through life. This is like, well, it's a whole other topic, but it is, it's one of my things that I can thank my ADHD for, because I say Mm -hmm. things sometimes before I've thought them through very well, but I'm like a master manifester because of that. Mm -hmm. I said, what if we try FaceTime yoga? having never done it, having no idea if it would work. And a couple of my students who already did, you know, like WebExes for work, they worked um, video conference anyway, were like, yeah, let's try that. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Portland and I tried it. And then I continued with my clients and then my clients started wanting to book sometimes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I actually used Zoom in 2015 and 2016 to do double privates. And people knew each other from my studio mm-hmm. and they knew each other from like workshops and things like that, that I would do. They, it became like a group affair. And so when 2020 hit and we all ended up and I started coaching people online, like how to sort of transition into business and teaching remotely like this. And quite frankly, you know, 2017, 18, 19, like people just didn't get it. They were like, how do you teach yoga without being in the same room as somebody? And and quite frankly, some people like scoffed. They were like, it was kind of hard for me to just be like, hey, it just, it works timing wise because if they're central time and I'm Pacific time, it worked for when I had to pick up my kids, I could just, it works, you know, um, it even works opposite now that I'm living in Kansas and majority of my people are on Pacific time. Yeah. I like get a couple extra hours in the morning to do my thing and walk my dog and take care of myself and implement my morning routine. And they're just out of bed at six 30, ready to take class. And I'm like, woo, it's eight 30. <laughs> I've had a few cups of coffee. So when 2020 hit and the pandemic hit, I was like, 
let's do it. And my very first Zoom class that I had was that first Saturday that we all went into lockdown Mm -hmm. and I had like 75 people. It was like, and to some people that may not seem like a lot, if you're like a yoga celebrity, you might just be like, whatever, but I'm not a yoga celebrity and I have a, you know, I just have a solid group of people. And so what was crucial for me with that was consistency and schedule. It was asking the questions of people and showing up when they needed classes. And man, we went through a lot. Like I did fundraisers for Black Lives Matter. I did like, it just, this online platform turned into so much more. And then, then like about Kansas, my husband got a job here. We moved here. It was obviously clear that I could work from anywhere. And so this is my yoga space. And I teach almost every day in here. I I don't teach on Saturdays. This is my one day off. I have at least one class every day. I have a solid group of people. And the hardest part I think about online is the barrier to entry for people with a new teacher. Mm -hmm. It's like, like the Zoom fatigue is real. First of all, let's just acknowledge that. And so I understand people wanting to go back to in real life. And I, I agree. Like I miss people. I miss community. I miss the studios. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't miss getting paid like a third of the amount that I would get paid if I'm just direct to consumer. Like I am here. Mm-hmm. Don't miss that. Teachers, hey. (laughs) Yes. Note to self, Mm -hmm. when you don't have to worry about a studio's overhead, you make a lot more money. And there's this barrier to entry thing, both in that, like people used to be afraid to go into the studio, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was like, oh my God, I'm going to go in and there's going to be 60 people in class and everybody's going to be doing handstands Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be able to keep up and my body isn't where I want my body to be. Like, it's hard for me to step forward. All of these things were barriers to entry for coming to the studio, Mm -hmm. coming to a zoom with a teacher, or I hate to call it even zoom, but coming to, because you can use different platforms, but coming to a video conference class that's live holds its other barrier to entry, which is like, what if you don't know me? Like, what if you don't know that I'm just going to come in and be like, Hey, hi, like, welcome to class. And you can have your camera on, you can have your camera off. You can wear your pajamas. Please make sure you have clothes on because I have had Zoom <laughs> bombers too. Oh, no, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> For real. Important um, side note. <laughs> yeah. Side note, Zoom bombers, real, you guys. I have stories to tell. You can follow me on Instagram. But so I just converted everything to online and it has been going amazingly well. And um, I do feel so deeply connected to my community that comes to these classes. Mm-hmm. They have, they've been through the move with me. They've been with me in temp housing when we were like, waiting for our house to be when we had to buy a house and we were like in transition. So I used to joke and just be like, Hey, mystery location. I'll be in class on Saturday at this time, find out where I am. And like last year we went on a trip and we went to Puerto Rico and people were like, Oh my God, you're in Puerto Rico. You know? So that's fun. Yeah. So it's been really cool. Yeah. Rothy's could be your new everyday shoe obsession. Rothy's shoes give you right out of the box comfort and they come in amazing styles and colorways and you can wash them. 
You may have heard of the Point and the Flat from Rothy's, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. My own personal Rothy's experience has been amazing. Not only is the comfort, washability, and durability amazing, but I just took them with me to the World Happiness Summit where I spoke for the first time after two years. And while I was hanging out with Tessa, I had a little bit of my beet juice spill on my fawn colored The Point shoes. And luckily I was able to just throw them in the washer and have the juice come right out. They were literally the best shoe to be walking around for four days of this summit and I got so many compliments. So you can make Rothy's your new favorite shoe as well. And you can also step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus you get $20 off of your first purchase. All you have to do is go to rothys.com forward slash loved. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com forward slash loved and you'll get $20 off of your first purchase. Brothies.com forward slash loved. Okay, so I have so many questions about this. Teaching online from the perspective of the practitioner and the teacher for those out there who are like, oh, I want to transition online for all of the amazing reasons you just mentioned. Yeah. So I've heard a few different folks talk about the length of class online, feeling like it needs to be a little bit different than in studio. What are your thoughts on this? Shorter, longer, same? I have done, I'm not kidding, a zillion Instagram polls on this. And my sort of tried and true people, they want an hour. Yeah. They just do. I have shortened to 45 in a couple. I always feel rushed. I always feel like it's not a totally complete class. So when I teach a shorter class, I usually change the format and I don't teach like strictly yoga anymore. I mean, I still teach vinyasa and I still teach what I think if you, if like, if a Martian came from outer space and was like, what is she teaching? (laughs) I think they would identify it as yoga. Okay. (laughs) Um, They would also think that my dog is my master. Appropriate. (laughs) Um, So, but I teach mobility, like functional range conditioning integrated with yoga. I try to teach some dynamic movement. And so when I teach those shorter classes, I try to make sure that we have some like dynamic sort of jumping, um, almost sort of a la the class, like Taryn Toomey. And I'm not certified in that. I'm not claiming to be certified in that, but I love that influence of something that's just like dynamic movement. Mm -hmm. Even today, I taught a little segment of class that was sort of a la Tracy Anderson. Mm -hmm. Again, not, you know, certified or Tracy Anderson instructor, but I pull from different modalities Mm-hmm. to create something that's that's both accessible but that can be a little bit more dynamic and i always and you guys if i ever miss this or mistake this i always credit all the modalities that i'm pulling from mm-hmm. so that if this morning you took my class and i'm teaching this tracy anderson style like hop through move the leg blah 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 I say, hey, this is very a la Tracy Anderson. They can go find Tracy Anderson. If I'm teaching the bowspring method, which is another kind of method that I pull from sometimes, that's just a different way of carrying the torso in shapes and poses. 
I'm like, Hey, this is from the bow spring. We're going to do a little bow springy stuff. So if that worked for you, they can go find bow spring. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to think of myself as a smorgasbord Mm -hmm. of movement. Yeah. (laughs) A poo poo platter. (laughs) Right. I love that. I'm glad you brought that up because it speaks to something that in my community of fellow yoga teachers is often a question of how do we integrate these teachings that are other people's without, because these are things that need to be shared and and that are helpful for people without feeling like I'm plagiarizing. Totally. I'm so glad you brought up that topic because that's exactly how to do it right there. Simply saying, a la X, Y, and Z teacher, and you can follow them if you want more. Um, And it sort of gives you great permission as a teacher too, to like mess it up. Yeah. It's like, this is not my exact modality, but I really benefited from this. Like the other day I ended up teaching an Ashtanga primary series, like a very modified, but I used to practice Ashtanga primary regularly. And what happened was for whatever reason, and this is just goes back to online, my music wouldn't work. Mm. And I play music in classes and I'm like somewhat dependent on it because it's just support for energy. And so warning, I almost always play music. If you don't like classes with music, I'm not the teacher for you. <laughs> um, I have a question about that. Yeah, please. I've, I've tried to do that too. And so you're using Zoom and you're, you're streaming your music for folks to listen to as they're listening to your voice and music at the same time through the same application, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't get feedback? They don't. Okay. So I don't know why it happened with us, but I use um, either AirPods or These Are The Beats by Dre. Uh And you can share audio through Zoom. Yes. Now, hopefully because Rosie's so big and famous, I don't get flagged and but for playing music. But yeah, I mean, I could do it like right now. I could pull up a song right now and you, I don't, I mean, I don't know. We could play with how it sounds, but if you share audio, I'm like, let's try it. You guys, let's, let's try see. it. Let's do this experiment. And, and folks listening, I want to hear what you think about this. Does Here, let like me, um, so enable share real quick. Oh yes. Okay. And while I'm enabling share... My next question about teaching online is, are you doing the whole class with the students? Are you demoing each and every step along the way? That's an amazing question. Here, I'm going to play this little song and I'm going to talk over it. Let's see what what it sounds like for you. Okay. I love this. so fun and interactive. Can you hear it? I can. It's really soft and nice. Yeah. It's like we have our own little soundtrack to our conversation. Exactly. Isn't that lovely? Yes. So what I try to do when I demo um, more than I would in a regular in real life class, that has been a big shift. I had to condition my body definitely to a point where I felt like I could keep up with that when we were doing, um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm demoing more. Yeah. I find that the... um, I'm going to turn this down just a little bit. Yeah, that's... I I love it. Does it still sound good? It does to me. I want to yeah, I want to get a nice juxtaposition so people can react to it and let us know. Yeah, we'll have to hear what they say. Um, I'm a huge, I hate like a hard stop and it's really hard to fade music out when you're sharing. Oh, fade it out. that's so true. Yeah, I've been in classes where a teacher will change the song mid-song and I'm like, oh, I was having an experience there. 
<laughs> you know, I have been in a class with a teacher who is a friend of mine who shall rename, remain unnamed. And they were like searching for a song. Oh, it was like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And I was like, oh my God, DJ Fowl, so hard. Right? Yes. I'm with you so, 100%. So I demo more, but I think it's a huge disservice. And this has been a learning curve for all the teachers online to just be like you're in a webinar because it's already disconnected. And I do, sorry, I talk with my hands, but it's already disconnected a little bit. There's already this like screen between us. And so if I'm just on my mat, like doing my own practice and talking through it and not talking to the people who are here, it doesn't feel like an interactive class. Mm -hmm. And so I almost always will like get into poses, try to hop out when they're going to be in something, come up closer. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I could show you, like I have a big TV monitor so I can see everybody really big. Mm -hmm. I ask them to have their name on their Zoom so that I can, you know, call them by name. Once I'm comfortable with them, I don't like to, like if somebody's brand new to class, I don't like to be like, um, hey, Tessa, can you move your right foot a little more? Yeah. But if I know you and I, and I know that you're going to benefit from a little verbal cue, then I'm going to give it to you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which is a huge benefit to having your camera on. Mm -hmm. It's a huge benefit to getting to know your students' names. Mm -hmm. And it reminds them like, I'm not here alone. And, and what I tell people, and I'm working on, I have a, a ton of projects where I'm trying to pull this all together for teachers which at some point I, I really want to, you know, tell everybody all about. If somebody needs to leave early, like I have a lot of Nike people that take my class still because of my time in Portland and which that brings up one other thing that I have to mention about online. But if somebody has to dip out early for class, they like send me a chat and they're like, Hey, I have to leave early. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, cool, you know, yeah. but that is the difference between live mm-hmm. and downloading something. Because if you have to leave early or if you get a phone call or if your kid distracts you or just you see a dust bunny under the couch and suddenly (laughs) you feel the urge to vacuum your entire house, Mm -hmm. uh, you could have ADHD. But but the accountability when you're live is totally different. Like I would never right now with you just get up and walk away and go answer the door. In fact, I put a sticky note on my door saying, please don't ring the bell because we get like a stupid amount of deliveries Uh because I'm recording. That's accountability. And that's what people like, we need this connection right now. We need to be seen by our teachers. We need to be seen by our friends. I have people that are East coast sisters and West coast sisters, and they meet at my class and they connect with each other. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who is a, she's from Nike and she was in Taiwan and living there. And then she moved back home to Portland Mm -hmm. and she meets her friend from Taiwan through my class. And then sometimes I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to dip out, but you guys can take the meeting over and just keep chatting, you know? And I do like parties like that. I offer, you know, like a a birthday party or a bachelorette party or something like that. If you like, if you're remote and you want to see people, this is like a little thing that you can pop in, like in a shared experience way, Mm -hmm. rather than just like go to the bar. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I mean, it feels like such a, you know, my best friend right now, she lives in Germany. So um, it's such a sweet way to connect because that's what she and I would do. We'd either go for a hike or a run or we'd go to a yoga class together. So to be able to do that, meeting in the middle, and then like you let them take over the class and continue chatting. That's so amazing. I love that. Yeah. And then I always record it so uh that if people need to or want to revisit it, if they like loved the class, they can always revisit it. You know, you have that like forever. And then the wait, there was one quick thing I wanted to say about that, which is that when I moved to Portland, I lost some of my Chicago people who were not like private clients, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when I started teaching online again, I reconnected with all these people who used to take my class at my studio who were like, oh my God, I've never found my teacher the same way that when I practiced with you. Mm-hmm. And that's not about me. I don't want to sound like that's some sort of arrogant thing, but we all have our teachers, right? Like we yeah. have these people that when we're practicing, even if we haven't seen them for 10 years, like you hear that person's voice in your head. Yeah. And I am that person for a select amount of people. And I'm so fortunate to be able to stay connected to them. Oh my God, I'm going to get like clumped, but that is what online has opened up for us is to be able to reconnect with these teachers and explore new teachers that like, if you haven't found that voice yet, the one that just gives you like, there's a teacher out there for you. There is, you just have to keep kind of trying. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Margo. Okay. So I have one more question on this subject mm-hmm. um, and then I will be mindful of your time and wrap no, up. No, I could up. talk to you all day. Oh, likewise. I want to do this again. Thanks Rosie for letting me host. I feel so lucky. <laughs> okay. So the last question I have on this subject is about safety from the perspective mm-hmm. of the teacher and the practitioner. Likewise, who feels like, how do I keep myself safe as the teacher, the liability Mm-hmm. You're teaching in this way when you're not in um, a studio space. And I'm thinking about like uh, the Yoga Pearl, for example, having yeah, like a waiver insurance. that you sign. Yes. 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 Yeah. So how do you address that online? So I have a few ways that I address it. I do have a waiver that I ask people to sign when they sign up for class, not every time, but something that is like just their very first time. Mm-hmm. I also am going to pause my video right here real quick for you because you'll see it says by clicking into this meeting, you agree to be safe and responsible for your own practice. Margot is not liable for your choices. Have fun, but be safe. Oh, that's so perfect. And I leave that up mm-hmm. for a period of time. I mean, a Zoom cover like save thing is not going to save me if somebody decides like, to sue me. It's not. So make sure you're insured. I have tons of young teachers that I mentor and coach and they're like, do I have to have insurance for this? Do I, I'm like, you should always have your own insurance. Mm -hmm. If you teach for Nike or, you know, some other big entity, chances are they're not going to come after you as a yoga teacher because you you don't really have a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They're going to go for Nike. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, These are things I've been told and learned over the years. I mean, I've been teaching for 20 years and well, going on 20 years. Um, Oh, that's okay. (laughs) So you should always have your own liability insurance. You can find it in the back of yoga journal. You can, it's called like Philadelphia insurance. It's not super expensive. Um, It could save you a lot of headache. 
But as far as like the actual teaching aspect, this is the other reason why it's so important to not just be on your mat doing your own thing. Mm -hmm. You have to watch what people are doing. And I say lots and lots and lots of times and lots of different ways so people hear you, like be careful of your space and your environment. Be careful if your dog is next to you. You know, I give lots of options, but I try not to give so many options that it becomes overwhelming. Mm. But for instance, it'll be like, you know, step, jump, or float back to Chaturanga. If we're going to circle down and take a Chaturanga, I'm like, circle down in either Chaturanga, hold plank, skip it all together. One of my sort of famous quotes that people quote me on all the time is skip it like a boss. <laughs> like you're the boss of your practice. Like, yes. If you don't want to take 8,000 chaturangas, not that I teach 8,000 chaturangas, I don't, but if you don't want to take multiple chaturangas, skip it like a boss, you are the boss. And so I try to like weave in and then I, I really try hard to not make the class so complex mm-hmm that people don't have a drop spot. It's one of my things that I say, like, this is the drop spot. If you're a scuba diver, there's the 30 foot drop, there's the 70 foot drop, you know? And so you need to have a space. Like for instance, you're going to like a a half moon. I'm going to lead you off of a triangle, Mm -hmm. maybe take half moon or maybe stay in triangle. If triangle feels great today, if you love half moon and you, you know, have a bendy back and you can find your foot, reach your right arm back, see if you can find your right foot. Every teacher does this, Mm -hmm. but online, you just have to always offer the options. Mm -hmm. And then my biggest advice for that would be just get to know your students. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the people who are always going for it. And if you know them, you can call them by name and be like, Hey, (laughs) I know you're dealing with a shoulder injury right now, Jill, Uh (laughs) no side plank. You know, yeah, yeah. That's how you care for them by knowing them, mm-hmm. by understanding what their what their body is is doing and going through. And obviously, that takes time. Which brings up one more point, mm-hmm. which is that if you are a student and you're like a a class jumper, like I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there, and it's like in class pass facilitated and group on and mm-hmm. you know all of these things facilitated this way for us to experience multiple classes in a week, which in some ways is great. Mm -hmm. Like try, try it all. But when you find a teacher that you hear that voice in your head and you feel supported and you feel like you're growing and you feel like you're being listened to as a student, stick with that teacher so you can really learn something. Mm -hmm. Because when you jump into all these different studio classes or even online classes all the time, and you're like, all over the place. It truly is like when people can get hurt Mm -hmm. because you're with a new teacher that doesn't really know your body. Mm -hmm. And I would even say, I would even venture to say that the more advanced you are as a practitioner, the more likely you are to get hurt, Mm -hmm. which is like a little bit of a weird thing to say. I feel like I could say exactly the opposite too, but you know, the most hurt I've ever gotten in a yoga studio was in an Ashtanga um, primary class a Mysore class in Florida, where I won't name names of very famous people, but was adjusted aggressively because I'm bendy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what somebody's bendability is, and then you put hands on them, you can hurt them. 
and I, I, my deltoid ripped. Whoa. That's the to see. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm like, oh. you don't actually have to push my hands to the ground. You really don't. I know it looks yeah. like they could go there and I'm very close, but, um, which I would almost even say like, that's one of the benefits of online mm-hmm. is that like, I came from that early school of yoga. 2003 was when I first started teaching. We were hands on, like you would not believe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was like, touch everybody, make sure you touch everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. Guess what? A lot of people don't want to be touched yeah. for their own trauma informed reasons mm-hmm. for their own safety of their, their body. And I've learned so much about that. I'm like horrified at some of the things that I did early on teaching where, you know, somebody would be like in a supine twist, which for those of you who don't know what it is, it's just like a reclined, like laying on the ground, one knee to the left, shoulder to the right. Like I used to give like a long pressing assist on that because that's what I was told to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I just listened to my teachers and thought like, oh, that's got to feel so good. Guess what? You can completely blow somebody's SI joint, like, boink, you know, so, oh, So many good points. I feel so inspired by this conversation, Margo. And I want to know, where do we go to, to practice with you, find out more about you, follow you on Instagram? What is so all this? Everything for me is Margo Yoga and it's M-A-R-G-O. There's no T in my name. It's just M-A-R-G-O Yoga, Y-O-G-A. And that's .com. That's at Instagram. The only place that there is another Margo yoga where it is smelled, smelled the same, spelled the same (laughs) Uh is on YouTube. And I caution you, I don't have almost, I have a few videos on YouTube. Like I have this like old Nike promo. I have like some old stuff on YouTube, but there is some other yoga teacher on YouTube who has some very interesting pose choices. And that is not me. She has blonde hair and she wears a leotard, not the same Margot. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's like there's good. a helicopter going overhead right now, which is really weird because there's never helicopters in Kansas. I of feel course. like I'm in LA. I'm having like a, and, oh and my God, LA it's moment. so perfect for Rosie. Rosie would be like, <laughs> Rosie, you know, okay. I know we have to wrap up, but Rosie and I both grew up in LA. Uh-huh. I moved when I was 15 to Minnesota, but I left right before the LA riots. <gasps> oh, Okay. That was one of the things that like was sort of on my list of like parallels with the conversation with you, because some of her stories from the book are just wildly similar. And I'm so inspired, you know, to just be like, yeah, this is important stuff to talk about and share. So I encourage everybody to read or listen to the book. Listening to her voice is like butter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure everybody who listens to the pod is invested in her success with the book, but it's really why I wanted to reconnect with you guys and get on here is just to really shout her out and be like, Hey, thank you for blazing that trail with the brightest flashlight, which is her heart. Yeah. And I love listening to the two of you together, like not to highlight her and, and not give you your props too, but It's really nice to, to just reconnect with you guys. Yeah. Likewise. And we lived in Portland together for a period of time and I 
never got to go to your class at Yoga Pearl, but I remember hearing about how amazing your classes were. So <laughs> now that I know where to find you online, yes, I have please. no excuse. So you will see me in your class. Oh my gosh. I would so love that. Please come to class. You guys, please come and you can see Tess in class. Yes. <laughs> um, Thank you. I'm really just a big, huge nerd and I will. Um, I love nerds. They're my favorite. Yeah. Big nerd. <laughs> That's great. We're kindred spirits. I can tell already. Yay. Well, thank you so much for this. Oh yeah. Likewise. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all of your wisdom. I feel like I got so many questions answered because I've been teaching online as well for the past couple of years. And you know, it's just nice to have a sounding board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I'm really trying to facilitate with teachers. And again, like without going like too, too crazy into it. And again, we're wrapping up, but If you're a teacher out there and you're listening to this, like, please follow me, get in touch with me because I do have a couple really exciting things coming on the forefront here. I'm so tired of yoga teachers just feeling alone. And like, we're all these little satellites out in our spaces and we all have our communities of students, which is so valuable to have those people, but having the the teacher, like the water cooler moment that we never get to have before the pandemic, we were in our cars, you know, and going class to class, 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 trying to make it work. And now we're just like, and our only source of really connecting to each other is Instagram. And that is fucking bullshit. And I'm sorry, (laughs) pardon my French, but it's just, it's not real. And it puts us in a negative mindset. And there's just so much chatter to try to get through. There's so much noise to find the people who, who really feel like they're speaking to your soul and are helping you learn and grow in, in your teaching. Mm. So seek those people out. I hope to be one of them for lots of teachers, but it's going to get better. Oh, that's such a perfect note to end on Margo. You are like I said, prolific, that that's the word that keeps popping up in my mind as I listen to you speak and as we chat. So thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for sharing it with us and your audience. And yes, please go follow Margot Yoga and meet me and Margot in a class together soon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>